Hello, friends, and welcome to the Hourglass Podcast. I'm Christina Dees, and I'm your host. Join me as we explore the lives of entrepreneurs and side hustlers who are doing what they love, living the dream, so to speak. Each episode features an in-depth conversation with a guest about their founding story and how they got to where they are today. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Hourglass Podcast. This is your host, Christina Dees. Joining us this episode, we have the pleasure of hosting my favorite co-host and longtime friend, Amanda Goodyear, who also happens to be a talented actress from Wilmington, North Carolina. Amanda's journey into the world of film work is an inspiring tale, shedding light on the realities behind the glitz and glamour. Recently, she achieved a remarkable milestone with a supporting role in the number one Netflix show, Florida Man. Beyond her acting endeavors, Amanda is also a local radio host for Sunny 103.7, and she's actively engaged in the vibrant comedy improv and stand-up scene in her community. Throughout the conversation, Amanda imparts her wisdom, emphasizing the importance of surrounding yourself with what you love as a stepping stone towards pursuing your passions. She candidly shares her experiences, reminding us that the path to success is often filled with challenges and that readiness is not a prerequisite for taking action. Amanda's best advice? You're never going to be ready. Just do it. Resonates as a powerful reminder to seize opportunities fearlessly. Tune in to gain valuable insights, be inspired by Amanda's journey, and discover how embracing your passions can lead you closer to a fulfilling life. Please welcome Amanda Goodyear to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Hourglass Podcast. Uh, today I've got Amanda Goodyear in the studio. I, I almost waving? said you're like <laughs> a married last the real name. One. Oh, your no. real one. Oh no. Um, yeah, I've got my co-host and good friend yeah. for a long time uh, from the film industry. Yeah, this is a long time coming, seriously. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. Of course, thanks for having me. What did we first, I was trying to think of like what we first did together. Besides, like, being moms in the PTA. Right. And I think I know exactly That's what That's when it we was. bonded. Well, you took my fitness classes. I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then what film did we do together first? We Repri- did the detour. I think Repri- Oh, it was the detour. Yeah. Which turned into, what was its working title? I mean, that was the working title. Vacation what was- Land or Vacation something. Vacation Land. And then it turned into the detour on TBS. Okay. Oh, and so it is the detour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was hilarious, I don't. Though. I never watched it. Did we, did we make it in there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you best believe we made it in there. <laughs> we played exotic dancers. I need to go see this. <laughs> I think that's how I booked it, though, was because, like, that was the first time. Like, it wasn't a formal audition. It was just an interview, right? Yeah, we went and met with the directors because it was Jason the, Jason Jones. Jason Jones. Daily yeah. Show. Like, yeah, it was crazy. And he's in a room just talking, and he's like, so, like, what do you think if, like, you got this role, blah, blah, I'm like, I think it would be pretty funny. And he's like, why? And I was like, because Christina and I are PTA moms, and they already don't really like us anyway. So, like, this would just seal the deal. And so. <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably they my favorite it. set because it was so familiar. Like, we were all, like, family, and yes. they actually rented my pole from me, so it was a win-win. Oh, yeah, you made so much money. And I that was, like, paid. my friend Shannon and I got her a part on it, too, because they were like, do you know anybody? I was like do I? Yeah, because I was still bartending at City Limits at the time, which, like, if you don't know, is like a um, Coyote Ugly type of saloon. So I was like, Shannon, you should do this. And then I realized, Shannon thinks this is film acting, that a friend just offers you something. You get paid more than what you were told you were going to get paid. And there's people taking care of you all day, because we were featured. It wasn't like a regular background role. It was like a step in between. And I had, yeah, and like, we had never done anything I mean, I had done indie films and things like that before, but I'd never been on, like, 
big, big set like that one until then. And I was like, Shannon thinks you just walk in and that you get all of these things. <laughs> like, this is not how it Sometimes works at all. Sometimes it happens. Well, that's Sometimes. like the hook, right? So yeah. she probably is like, I'll do this all the time. Yeah. And you're like, um, okay, it's going to be a lot different and a lot more yeah. sad, but it'll be worth it. She came on a glamorous day, but <laughs> she did. That's she did. one in a, that's one in a hundred. It really is. Uh, but what was fun was we filmed it at Reggie's Tavern on 42nd Street. I was trying to think of what it was called because yeah. yeah, they called it like milkshakes or something like that. And it was I thought it was the Lickety Splits. Something. And I was I was the, I think they oh, got they to keep the sign. To get milkshakes, that's what it was. Yeah, they stopped to get milkshakes yeah. uh, as a family, and they walk into a strip club. And that was actually, I think, three days before my wedding. Was we filmed that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, you got warmed up for Jason your wedding Jones night. Jason Jones on set was like, wait, wait. What you're getting me? I was like, yeah, and he's like, well, what are you doing? I was like, what? This is a big deal too. These are all big deals. Like it was a really cool week to be able to do all those things and be like, yeah, it's normal. This is what happens. I know. Well, <laughs> I wanted to have you on to talk about your like most recent debut, yeah. uh, which yeah. is the number one show on Netflix. Yeah, who knew? Who knew who? that was gonna happen? Yeah, Florida Man. So my daughter was just telling you is in Florida Man, and yes. I haven't watched it at all yet. So I need twos to help boost the ratings. But uh, let's talk about your experience on Florida Man. It was crazy. It was so much fun. And it happened end of 2021 here in Wilmington. It was filming. So at that time, there was our kind of people, Echoes, and Florida Man filming all at the same time. It was a crazy summer. Oh, and Summer I Turned Pretty. Season one was also filming. So you've got four huge productions running at the same time. So you're pretty much running from one set to the other. So at the time... I was Michelle Monaghan's stand-in for um, Echoes. So I was, like, working really closely alongside her, and then all these auditions for Florida Man kept coming in. And I was like, what's this? Like, let me just turn it in and not think about it. And then it got to, like, audition number five, audition number six, audition number seven. And this is over the course of, like, maybe three weeks. So I was getting to the point where I was like, I I don't know what's happening here, but maybe – I didn't think that anything was working, to be honest with you, because usually you don't hear back. You just audition, you make a tape, you send it in, you don't hear good or bad. And the good feedback nowadays is that you just get another audition. So I just thought, okay, this is how it works. Like, I'm just local in town, and they're kind of cycling through, seeing what happens. The auditions were all over the place. So when I got the call that I got the job, I was on the Echo set, and I had no idea which part that they had chosen me for. (laughs) Oh, you auditioned for multiple roles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, at that time... I think I had just turned in four for them, so I had no idea which one it was going to be until I saw the deal memo later, but I couldn't sneak it because on the Echoes set, we were filming, and I was working very closely with Michelle because she plays twins, so like there was barely any time to go to the bathroom. Like You're kind of just running the lines, then standing in for her, then helping her run some lines, then kind of giving it back because she doesn't talk to herself a lot on the show, but she talks to her twin, so she needs somebody that speaks like her to kind of get in with the cadence and the rhythm. So at that time on the Echo set, that's what I was doing very heavily. So when I saw my agent called, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then the whole crew knew because they're like, there's no bathroom on this set. Like you have to walk out of the, where are you going? There's no way you're going to the bathroom like five times in a row. And I'm like, okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> yeah. So how did it happen? They, the, who calls you to tell you you got the role? Your, Your agent. agent. Calls. Yeah. yeah. So he had called or no, he had texted and said, call me. And I was like, oh, this could be really good or really bad, but it's usually never bad. It's just when somebody texts you, call me, you're like, um, okay. So I went, I took the call in the fake bathroom of the Echo's house. So <laughs> the ranch house in Echo's, that's where I was currently at at the time. So I like 
snuck into the fake bathroom in there and took the call. And I was like, hey, Rusty, what's going on? And, like, I tried to be as quiet as possible because I was mic'd up. But I swear, somebody on crew heard it because I walked out and they're like, so what's going on? You staying? And I was like, I, yeah, why would I not stay with you guys? And they're like, well, just, you know, you might have booked another job. And I was like, um, that might be true. <laughs> not really sure. And it was the best way to celebrate ever. I mean, we had just broke for lunch after I got off the call. And so then one person told another. And before I knew it, the whole set knew. And so I got to celebrate with everybody. And then, like, the following week before I left Echoes to go work on Florida Man, every single take that I was standing in for, somebody would yell Florida Man in the background or, like, would pull me aside and be like, okay, Amanda, so the lighting guy, his name is so-and-so. You got to go say hi to him. He's a buddy of ours. He'll take care of you. And I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to be on this set, y'all. Yeah. But it was a really good time. And then I drove a whole 11 minutes to set um, because it was at Independence Mall. And I'm in Monkey Junction, so it was brilliant. Like, I didn't have to drive far at all. Typically, you know, you drive, like, anywhere from oh, who 40 knows? minutes is lucky. Yeah, well, usually if you're at Screen Gems, for me, that's a good 35, 40-minute drive from Beach. It is, because there's no straight shot where we come from. It's like... No. And those <laughs> 5 a.m. calls hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots, of, lots of massive pain, so it was great. I had a trailer right outside the beautiful J.C. Penney. Yeah, I saw your video. Actually, I, I saw it. it before you could make an official announcement. Yeah, because I, I couldn't say anything, so it was like 2021, and I thought, okay, cool. Echoes released literally months after we had wrapped. Like, they had started editing the second an episode would be completed. So I was like, oh, okay, so Florida Man will come out right afterwards. And it didn't. And I was so scared because I was like, this is my first co-star, which means, like, first time being billed with lines on a big TV show. So I'd done a lot of film work before, mainly commercial work. So I had not had a co-star role yet. And then I was like, oh, no, it's not going to (laughs) happen. And even after filming, it was like, there's a possibility, just because all the actors I've worked with before, huge possibility that you film it, you still get paid, which is great, but it doesn't air. And that has happened to a few people so far, because there's a lot of directional changes that can happen anytime between filming the thing and then editing and putting it all together, because it's a very visual medium. You need to be able to see everything first and go, I don't know if this fits or this fits or this doesn't. Yeah. It was so good. Well, I knew when I saw your video um, with the, inside your own trailer, I was yeah. like, oh, she made it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, so as your cool. film friend, when you see your friend, like, got got their own trailer. Which is huge. It's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah. And I think, I'm trying to think about it, I've only had a trailer like a handful of times. Only had a hotel oh, it's a handful luxurious. Of times. It's luxurious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in an RV for the day. I don't like know an RV why you want it so closet. bad. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know you made it. Well, I love it, too, because it's like, as a mom, like, whenever you're on a film set, you're basically parented the whole time when you're an actor. Like, they just, they tell you when it's time to eat. They tell you when you can relax. They tell you, they walk you over to wherever. So there is no, like, oh, I got really distracted, and I'm stuck doing this project. Oh, I should have walked over. No, there's literally people that are, they're called handlers. They're handling you Mm -hmm. with whatever you need to do. So I was like, oh, the second I walk here, I'm good. And because I had come from second unit, which is crew, on Echoes, I already knew a lot of the people working on Florida Man. So I got to walk over there immediately to like hugs and greetings. And my stand-in actually was standing in with me on Echoes. So I cried a little bit when I got on set because I saw her standing there for me and was just like, okay, thank goodness. Because <laughs> it never stops. I've been doing this for years, but it never stops me 
coming to a new place or a new set or a new cast, whatever it is I'm working on, and I just get that panic and dread, and it's imposter syndrome. I know it is. I know it's not real, but I just immediately go, they made a mistake. And uh, you got to cover up for the fact that they just made a huge mistake. So I get this utter panic. But then seeing Carly there in my stand-in was like, okay, okay, I know her. I know Carly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. having your own stand-in, I feel like, is like having your boat having a boat, right? You know you made it when you got your own stand-in. So It's huge. Yeah. Well, I'm super stoked. So talk to us about what it was like. Okay. So uh, so, and yeah, maybe your role, can you reveal your actual role mm-hmm. and, and what it was like day to day going to so, work? I don't know how far I can go in into it because like even though it's out, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, mm-hmm. But Maybe your we, character's name? Yeah, I am a group member in an Al-Anon group. <laughs> so they just put it as group member, which is awesome. I'm so down because that's even funnier. I auditioned for a couple different types of group members. So I didn't know what was going to happen there. Ooh, so which group member did you get to be the Al-Anon group member okay so, so I thought within the group there was a certain group member mm-hmm. okay Edgar Ramirez and Anthony LaPaglio's characters hide out in an Al-Anon group while their buddies are trying to bust into somewhere because that is Florida man essentially there is a lot of crime happening it's a dramedy lots of stuff going on at once and lots of kind of like grifting you know types of things but at an Al-Anon meeting it's really hard to like grift each other because the whole point is honesty and openness and sharing in the circle. So the fact that they're there is enough of a juxtaposition to go, like, what what are you guys doing here? So I'm sitting next to the group leader. So we get a lot of time, and essentially, Anthony LaPaglia and Edgar Ramirez have these giant pour-your-heart-out heart monologues, you know? And I get to kind of break the tension with what I say, but I don't know if I can get into too much of what I say. But it's funny, like, I think I when I even read the script was like, this is hilarious. Cause like my character just goes left of what's being said, but it also reveals something about those two characters. So I can't go too far into it, but to film it was a delight because Anthony LaPaglia is like, I mean, a master of acting and so's Edgar. They're both just brilliant at what they do. And Keith who sat next to me, that was the group leader. He had just gotten off the 101 Dalmatian set. I mean, it's so funny. He's the sweetest guy in the world, and he plays bad guys in everything. So not only this past week did he have Florida Man come out, he had Renfield come out too because he was just in that one with Nick Cage, and I think Nick Cage kills him in that one. So Keith was sitting next to me, and I was like, hey, I'm just going to be open and admit this to you. Um, This is my first co-star. I was like, so you just let me know what you need, and I can help you with that. You know, but I'm, I'm here for you. So just let me know what you're thinking of doing. That's and I'll just idea. go off of that because I knew the cameras were on the two of us at all times. There was something about the two of us sitting together that they liked. So I was like, whatever you want to work off of, we'll do. And he's just, man, he held my hand through it. We Aww. were just chatting. We had such a fun day. And then it was like we kept taking breaks. And before I knew it, like nine hours went by on this one scene. And I was just like, how did nine hours go by? That felt like four minutes. I mean, it was wild. And then I realized, because I had come from stand-in world, so the second they told us to break, they would put us in this nice little room, and, you know, people wait on you, they get you snacks, they get you whatever. Like, you can go on your phone, you can chat with people, get to know all the other actors. But at the same time, like, I'm not doing my stand-in work. And the stand-in work is usually when they yell cut, they take the actors away, the stand-ins go in, and they start marking the next scene. And I was like, I get to sleep all this? (laughs) Yeah, you get to relax for a minute. Hold on. (laughs) Wait a minute. And it was 
so fun. I mean, the whole week was there was a wardrobe fitting, and because we're in a weird world now, there is a there is a whole COVID testing. I'd say that was the scariest part of the whole process, because Why? I have known actors in the past three years that because of all the COVID limitations and restrictions. So like Echoes, for example, I knew I was COVID free. We tested three times a week. Yeah. And I was super close to Michelle, like this a lot. We had to, sometimes we were sharing props, things like that. So I was like, we were very adamant about getting me tested as much as possible. I wanted to be super careful, super healthy, but I knew I didn't have it. So I had a few days off of Echoes before Florida Man started because we were doing overnights and we realized, okay, I need to adjust to a better sleep schedule so that I can make it on Florida Man. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm going to be on camera versus off. So it's different. Well, I was like, what if I get COVID? It's a very real possibility. I was working on a set with over 200 people, walking into a new set of another 200 people. So like, what's going to happen here? Well, I tested, I want to say four or five days after the most recent Echoes test. And so once I got clear of that, I was good. But it had just happened to a best friend of mine. He got booked. He COVID tested, tested positive, no symptoms, nothing, but can't be on set. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I filmed on Hightown, it was the Hightown season two and three. Yeah. Um, that's how I became really good friends with Luis Guzman because we all tested three times a week and it wasn't worth it hanging out with anybody else because we no. all knew we were safe. So if we just stayed together, we, you know, we were, we were good. Exactly. And I'm, I'm grateful for the testing. Like, it's not something I was like yeah. against at all. It was more like just knowing that like literally anything can happen and the fact that you can have it not have any symptoms is terrifying like I was vaccinated by that point like I was cautious but it's still it doesn't matter if it gets around once it gets around everywhere because one of the sets in town I won't say which one wildfire yes that I think that was going on while I was on Hightown yeah because some people jumped from Hightown went over there (sighs) it's it was like rampant but yeah there's nothing you can do and during that time I was just grateful to work and if it's you know, means we have to wear a mask. Did that suck? Yeah, it sucked bad. Wearing N95s indoors, Yeah. you know, in a stuffy room with no air flowing, and then you only take it off when they yell action. Well, exactly, because you're talking, I had just, so right before the pandemic, I had switched agents, and um, I switched agents because I loved my old agents very much, but I was working primarily in commercials, and then I booked a couple of movies and was like, I would like to shift over to this more. Like, this is what interests me more. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) So I was looking at not booking something till, like, 2025, to be completely honest, because one of my friends told me it takes a few years to establish in this. It's going to be a bit of time. You're going to need some time with it. So I was like, fine. That's why I did stand-in. That's why I was doing everything I was doing was because I was like, things are finally open, and it's not a disaster zone. When they first opened, it was kind of a disaster. So I, I was kind of timid about it. And I stood back because I was like, a film set is the ideal place for COVID to spread because we are all tired. Everybody's working 14. All the things they say to do to keep your immunity up is not what happens on a film set. So it's kind of on you as the individual to figure out how to stay healthy and what that means for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, would you say your past experiences in film really prepared you for, for your role? Oh, my gosh. Once you got it? Absolutely. Could not have gone better to walk off one set and walk on another. Oh, my gosh. And then 
be on Instagram later, and one of the producers from Echoes was like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, I don't know. And it was like, want to celebrate? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so just to feel like everything was so full circle and to calm my nerves, I need to feel like it's something that I'm just doing that day. So it's a job because, I mean, it's totally my passion. Happy as a clam, was over the moon, euphoric doing it. But you got to stay focused when you're shooting. That can't come off on screen. So yeah. I know I did my job because my friend watched it. And she went, Amanda, you were so quiet. Like, I've never seen you like that. And I'm like, oh, good, okay. <laughs> because, no, that's not me. Like, obviously, I'm like, da 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 So that character was very quiet, very reserved, you know, had something to say, but it was very, like, oh, okay, like that type of thing. So, like, to be able to channel that, you have to kind of woosaw yourself a lot. So I practice a lot of meditation, for sure. Try to get in 20 minutes of TM. Do you know what that is? The mm-hmm. Transcendental Meditation. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Give us an example. Ooh, I can't tell you the mantra because... Uh, so it's mantra. I will die for, before Repeating you get Repeating a mantra. Mm-hmm. So you get trained, and it's a, it's a whole very... It's like a three-day weekend intensive. You get trained with 10 people, and I'll never forget those people in my class the rest of my life. Sure. Very important to me. Um, you have two teachers, and they give you a mantra, and you practice together, and it's like the whole room changes. The energy changes. And... Whether, like, we can go full woo-woo or not, I'm not really sure. But, like, you know, there's something to be said for relaxing the mind and body. And then all of the cells can start to do their job. Yeah. If your mind and body aren't relaxed, good luck if you're not feeling well. Good luck fighting something. So it's kind of, it's a maintenance thing, but it's also something where I realize the few days have gone by and I have that, like, buzz around me. I'm like, oh, I need to go meditate. Yeah. Well, I love that you just brought up meditation um, because it's something that I practice daily. Yeah. And when I have an off day, I totally feel it. And it does make a difference, it right? Really we does. we train our bodies. You know, we take care of our muscles by working out. We take care yep. of our body by eating well. And our mind is another muscle, too. So it's so important to use that muscle. And I say it's super addictive. Once you start meditation, uh, yeah. I can't stop. Oh, it's yeah. just incredible. And I feel incredible. It's actually the best drug. It is, and meditation changes for me sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, do I want to do TM? Do I want to just chill and relax? Do I want to play some music and stretch? Or, like, am I having an exercise meditation type of day? And Because sometimes to me, meditation is exercising, which Mm -hmm. I know is kind of weird, but it just helps me. Whatever gets me out of my head, I think, is the big deal. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think sometimes that's what happens. Like, I, I trained in acting for so long. I mean, I went to theater school. I was at Second City. I did a lot of classes. So a lot of my learning was unlearning once I started, you know, working and booking jobs and things like that was kind of getting out of my head. So anything that helps with that is great. And sometimes I do have to switch it up. Do you have to switch it up sometimes? You work out a lot of different ways. Like you don't do just one thing, right? Right. I don't do that. No. Um, I do one thing once a week, you know, the same thing over and over. But I don't just just paddleboard. Yeah. So um, it drives me crazy. Switch it up. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Well, yeah. I like the this changing it up, the um, changing up the continuity, but keeps your mind fresh. It gets yeah. me excited of like, oh, okay, today's a rower day. Exactly. You know, or today's paddle, or today's hot oh, yoga. Yeah. Hot yoga is actually my favorite day of the week. It's just so. such a treat yeah. because there's a little bit of meditation. Absolutely. And yep. with that workout, and you're just feeling refreshed you sweat you come out of there you're just ready to conquer I love those I work out in a hot studio so I do like the biking 
And then I know I get high from the biking, so then I go do weights right after that. So I can just like throw it in and be like, all right, let's use it, let's use it. The hardest part right now is not doing too much, but ain't that the truth anyway. So now I'm like three times a week, that is good. And on the off days, I will stretch because I got injured overdoing it. So now I'm like, I don't want to ever overdo it again, but it's hard Mm -hmm. to not have that mentality, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, as long as I've known you, this has been a dream of yours. So you have no idea how excited I am to finally see you you (laughs) living your dream. Huge, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, part of the mantra at Hourglass Podcast is, you know, if it's work, um, or, you know, do what you love, right? Yeah. And um, if you really love it, it doesn't feel like work. No, and you'll never work a day in your life. And I think part of that, too, is, like, I've learned a lot of nobody's going to know what you want to do if you don't tell them, right? I don't know why. I, I don't know. It, I feel like it's a female thing. I really do. I feel like it's a female thing. Maybe somewhere along the line we're taught, if not directly verbally, we're taught not to voice it. We're taught not to be like, hey, this is my name and this is what I'm going to do or this is what I would like to do. It feels for a long time felt very wrong for me to say that. And I think it, I mean, it may actually be because I was literally told that multiple times, but you know, I remember being in an agent's office when I was like, oh my gosh, mid twenties. And it was my modeling agent. We were talking about how modeling was over. And she's like, what would you like to do? And I was like, like, what do you mean? Because she's like, well, one thing's over, but we have other agencies in this office. Like, I can walk you downstairs to this guy or I can walk you upstairs to that guy. But, like, we can make something happen. And I was just like, I would love to host. And she was like, like who? And I listed off a couple of hosts in town. She goes, you notice they're all men, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, like they've all been at it for years and you know it's a male thing in this town and I was like okay well I guess <laughs> you know and I was like I also want to act she's like well you have to pick one and now I'm finding no you don't you know which is so funny but yeah 10 years ago you did have to pick one 10 years ago you had to be streamlined and focused but I think now we've all learned that like nobody makes a living at just one thing anymore even the most famous actors are also executive producers of the show they're in. You know, everybody's got something they do. Yeah. And, you know, you've run into so many roadblocks. I'm going to share that with you if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, you've run into so many roadblocks on your journey, um, but yeah. you never gave up on your dream. You know, you could no. have easily just been like, oh, again, I got turned down or again. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie with you. It gets scary at certain points because... Especially with the pandemic, I was just like, if any of my friends had a podcast, I was like, let's talk. I don't care. Let's just call each other. Let's whatever. Because one thing that I learned is people that put their eggs in one basket, it gets very scary. So I had friends that were actors that were constantly leading movies that I had worked with. And we would have our, you know, our scary COVID calls back in that day when it was locked down and we're like calling each other at two in the morning and, you know, everybody's just in not good headspaces. Those were the ones that were hurting the most because they were the ones where it was just one thing and their one thing was dependent on other people saying yes to them, right? And I learned very early on that you can't wait for other people to say yes. You have to find something else to do or something that you still love that fills it. The only scary thing I will say is that 
right before the pandemic, my self-worth was very heavily based on what I was booking. Did I have another job coming up? What can I show off to people in the sense of like, like, do people think I'm working or not? I cared so much about those things and I attached how I was doing as an actor to if I was currently working or not. And that was not smart because then COVID hit and I realized, yeah, this can all get taken away and will not come back for years. There's no way because every time they would list all the things on the news that COVID was shutting down and they're like, okay, gatherings of 50 people, gatherings. I'm like, a film sets of 200 people. Yeah, heck, a radio station's 50 people. Like, I mean, you put all of this together and you're like, oh, my whole life is just lopsided. What do I do? What's the option right now? And realized I need to be happy with myself. I can't be happy with myself based on a system that honestly can shut down again and again and again. Because I don't think this is going away anytime soon. I think we're just going to need to adjust over and over. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, what's the other way we can work into this? Because I think for me, there was never a plan B. This was always the thing I was going to be doing. So it was just more or less like, how do I make this work? How do I fall into this? Almost to the detriment. Like, I'm I'm very jealous of people that grew up wanting to be like doctors or something, you know, or people that work in corporate America because I'm like, there's there's a path. Or at least I perceive that there's a path. There is there is an education, there is um, networking, there's a pathway into a job. A lot of these corporate structures literally have books and dictations on you start here for a couple of years, then you can go for a promotion and go to this level, and then you can go to that level. Like, it's very clear cut, all of that. Acting, entertainment, not at all. Yeah, not well, all. I am more attracted to the acting and entertainment side of things, clearly, mm-hmm. um, because... Working in that type of environment is not for me. I am not a nine to five. Mm-mm. Like, it's just not me. I, I don't work for the man. Heard I work that. for me. Yeah. And I think, you know, being an artist and being creative, um, being in film, you can kind of create the lifestyle you want. Now, it's not always glamorous when we're working yeah, no. 15 hour days. No. Um, but I think what's important is that you have always wanted to do this and you never gave up on your dream, but that you didn't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. You know, you were like, okay, I got to diversify a little bit, but like, you're still chasing that. No, it's never stopped. You know, like, I mean, even when I was a kid, it was like, no, this is what I want to do. That has never stopped being a thing. For four months, I was at my junior college and I remember I was working at a retail store and it was a Kohl's and I saw a magazine plop on the break room table and it was this girl I'd went to high school with in the catalog for Kohl's and I was just like, and I like went to the break room locker, called this acting school in L.A. that accepted me the year before, which was like, do you guys think you'd still take me? And they're like, Amanda, we'd love to take you. And that didn't work. But my side thing was like, OK, forget it. I will go to Second City, Chicago. I, d- I can't afford it, but I'm going to make it work. I'm going to go to my junior college and go to Second City. So Thursdays, Christina, they were my nut days. I mean, I literally I called them my crazy days because I would go to school. I'd have. I'd have work in the morning, then I'd go to school, have my classes, then I would go to therapy, then I would go to Second City, then I would do improv at night, and that was like every Thursday night for months, and I swear I became such a better person all around because of all of those things in one day, and would those days fry me? Absolutely, but I was happy, you know? Yeah, so I want everybody listening to hear what Amanda just said. (laughs) 
you know, she while she's chasing her dream, you yeah. know, she's also doing all these other things. Oh yeah, yeah. And look at it now. Look at you now. You know, like okay. So let's tell everybody about Second City because the yeah. fact that you trained at Second City, <laughs> yeah. I just like what about you right now because oh, yeah. that is so McDreamy. Um, so just for a moment, digress yeah. and tell us about Second City so and what Second that was City like. Second City started because, like, I am so It's in sorry. Chicago, for uh, everybody listening. Yeah, F your time limit, by the way. Sorry, dude. <laughs> okay, so, like, <laughs> Second City is because I grew up watching Molly Shannon and Sherry O'Terry and being like, oh, my God, that's me when I was a kid. I didn't understand that necessarily what they were doing was, like, super funny because they were being kids. I just, I had that level of energy. So I was like, I get this. I get this on, like, a cellular level. And then realized, oh, they all went to Second City. You know, my first crush was Chris Farley. I thought that was, like, the funniest person alive and was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. And realized, oh, the place I want to learn, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, is literally 45 minutes from my house. I've got to figure this out. So I was 18. I learned how to drive. My uncle drove me to Second City to teach me how to get there because I was like, no, I need to take classes here. And my whole family was like, Amanda, you are nuts. That is the city. Because <laughs> everybody that lives like outside, even on the south side, it's like, that's the city. It's scary. You can't. And I was like, no, I'm going to learn how to drive myself here. I need to take classes here. And so I called them and I auditioned, actually. This guy that was working at a store with me was in the writing class. So I auditioned for the class at 18. You are not supposed to do that. It is trouble. Apparently... It was between me and one other girl for the show. So the guy called me. He goes, you need to be a student to audition. So I was like, okay. So I signed up for classes. My uncle drove me. I learned how to drive there, signed up for classes. They're like, how old are you? I was like, I will be 19 in December. And the teacher, I think think he liked it. He was like, okay, fine. (laughs) I was like, let me just do this. So when I did the audition for the Writing 5 class, which is like the big one where they put you on the stage, they were like, say what level class you're in. Say what whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'll have fun with it. And they're like, announce it as if it's the Ten Commandments. And I like, I remember being 18, being overly confident like you are at 18 and like holding the slates and being like, and I just joined class yesterday. And, you know, letting it kind of marinate with everybody where it's like, who is this girl? And going to be completely honest, at the time at Second City and in a lot of improv places, um... They had a two-girl limit. So what I was told by the guy in the writing class was, Amanda, they loved you, but they already had a firecracker girl in the cast. So you can't have more than one, which is not the case anymore. I, I just want to say it's not the case anymore, and I'm so happy about it, and I'm so glad that there's women coming up in comedy that don't know that that was a thing. Because I don't think they should. I don't think they have to. I think that's dumb. But I took it as a huge compliment, and then I took the acting track at Second City because there is one. There's acting classes. So Michael Pieper was my teacher, and he basically took every week, and it was a three-hour class, and then he expected you to rehearse X amount of hours outside of it. He'd partner you up. He'd do stuff. But he was just like, Amanda, where are you at school right now? Where do you want to go when you're done with junior college? What is your plan? How do you want to make this work? And he was very honest about how it worked in the business. He's like, I currently don't pay rent because I'm – a resident director at this school and this is what's happening they're paying rent for me and then I'm going to go move on to the next job so it was a very real world very tough love lesson on what it was to be a theater actor because at that time I was not confident enough to think that I could have a career in film at all 
I thought, okay, I'll go the Second City route and maybe try out for SNL one day, but I'm not good enough for that. I don't know where that came from, but it just seemed too stratospheric at that point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Second City I did for about two years and then moved on to um, the last two years at a four-year university, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could have something like Second City here in Wilmington. We do. Tell us about it. Okay, so this is the thing. Second City and then UCB, if you've ever heard of that one, they're in L.A., um, Upright Citizens Brigade, Annoyance Theater, Groundlings. Groundlings is like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig. So all of these companies form out of people that have either come out of Second City or a structure like that, like Improv Olympic, Mm -hmm. and went, we want to form our own school. How do we get all this together? Well, you've got at Daredevil Improv in Wilmington people from people that actually started UCB in L.A. and are now here, people from Second City, Adrian and I, Adrian Monte, and I both studied at Second City Chicago. Not at the same time, though, but I I swear we must have passed each other in the hallway because it is way too small of a world in the comedy world in Chicago back when we were there. I'm not going to date myself, but <laughs> it was a minute ago. And, you know, people that have performed in Colorado. There's Second Cities everywhere. There's all the other branches of those comedy schools everywhere. And Daredevil Improv in, in uh, Wilmington. We have all of these people. And there's comedy classes. We're now starting to sell out improv performances. Oh, were you guys the murder mystery last night? Was that you guys? That was them. Yeah. Okay. They sold it out. And yes. I was so proud of them. I mean, because. I wanted to go so bad. It it's my resident thing. dream to have a murder mystery dinner party. That's what I wanted for my graduation. What? Yeah, for my graduation, I wanted to throw a murder mystery dinner party. Okay, you cannabis heard it here. infused. Cannabis infused. You heard infused. it here. We gonna talk after this because this needs to happen. It, yes. It happen. So I was gonna go last night. Yeah. I ended up having rehearsals for the Carousel mm-hmm. Center. Um, they're having a yeah their lip sync battle coming up Ooh. in like a week ish. So I'm gonna be Justin Timberlake. I uh, shouldn't give too much away, but yeah, uh, yeah, perfect. So anyway, um, I loved Second City when I was there. It was like one of the best comedy shows I've ever been to. Absolutely. And I love the audience participation. And I think that's the inner the future of entertainment, especially in this town is like people want an experience, you know, or they want to be a we part just of it. Did, what did we, do? we just did Mom's Night Out. Right, So I perform with Black Market Baloney, and we are what's considered a house team for Daredevil Improv. It's like this whole incestuous comedy family, right? Daredevil is the classes, so it's daredevilimprov.com is all of the classes. There's different levels to the classes, and then there's house teams. I got in on Black Market Baloney, and I love it, and that's the one I wanted to do because it's all female. So love my ladies so much. Anyway, we did a mom's night out just to see. There's a mom blogger in Wilmington that was like, I would love to do a mom's night out. What do you think of a Wednesday night? And we're like, yeah, sure. And she's like, it's probably going to sell out. And we're like, okay. Because normally in comedy, I mean, your audience is other comics. Maybe some family members that you can drag out. They don't tend to repeat because they see you once and they're like, all right, I've already seen this. Set. <laughs> or yeah. like, Amanda, I love you, but like I have work. Like I can't come four nights a week. You know, so we're like, we'll do Wednesday night. And it was a night in March, and I had a couple of friends coming, and they were like, let's go out to dinner before. I'm like, sure. I should have known. We went out to dinner before. All the tables were full, and it was all other moms. And I'm like, there's no way that these moms are coming. But then on the other hand, I knew in my mind, I was like, no, moms need a night out. They had more than a month's warning. There was a whole sign up. There's a whole bunch of, you know. And we're interacting with the moms, and we're making our improv about moms. We're letting the moms suggest things. We're letting the moms help. 
and we got there. We had to start the show late because the line was out the door even an hour before the show. We had to turn moms away. I mean, another That's full circle moment you. where you just walk in moms and you it. get chills. I had to walk away and cry because I was just so happy for everybody because I knew every single comic in that room, the chances of us ever having that before being in this improv troupe and in this group and having that at that night, so slim. I mean, you never sell out an improv show. It doesn't work that way. Unless you're doing murder mystery dinner party. Yeah, or mom's night out or just basically consistently good improv with consistent house teams that rehearse all the time and... I'm proud of it. I'm so proud of what everybody did. And the moms lost their minds. And we did. We tailored it. Interaction, you are correct. Because you want to be able to interact when you want to. I totally get it. You know, some things, some performances where there's audience interaction is very hard to sell. Because if you see somebody shy, you don't want to be that shy person that's just not in it that night. And somebody grabs you and is like, come on stage. Let's embarrass you. Like, that's not what we're about. That's not what it, you know, it's about having fun. Yeah. But with Mom's Night Out. We just introduced them for the first five minutes, and we're just like, everybody on this side of the room, on the count of three, say the name of your favorite child, you know? And then everybody on this side of the room, on the count of three, say where your firstborn was conceived. And these moms let it out. I mean, we were laughing so hard. In fact, one of the hosts that night, her mom was in the front row and said, Camper, and I turned, and I was like, Lindsay, I just learned something about you. (laughs) I had no idea, but people want to have fun, and I think people want to have an experience, which is what you and I have found out and been trying to tell people for years. Right? So Just saying. A couple things going on. <laughs> I want to give a quick shout-out to Empty Bottles. He's a comedian in town, and he was part of that doing murder mystery. Doing amazing things, man. Dinner party last night with um, Daredevil Improv. But he's doing so many events in town, and he's got a podcast episode that's dropping soon. So, yeah. So uh, you're definitely going to want to listen to that one. Uh, and we were just talking about, well, one of my ideas that I really want to do in town is um, Bad Grannies. So for my good friend's what? birthday party, let me just tell you how it, this, okay. this concept was conceived. So I my like friend... I something else in my head, but I think well, I Well, it doesn't have to be Bad Grannies. We yeah. can come up with something else because we're not doing, like, bad stuff. We're just misbehaving. <laughs> so just my nice. friend has a birthday party, and she decides she wants to have a granny birthday party, like, coming out of COVID, right? It's, like, one yeah. of the first Let's get weird. party bus things we got going on so we all dress up as grannies and we go out downtown we have a party bus and me and these two others stay in character all night i mean we are just like loving it so i got a a necklace that said sandy on it so of course i was sandy i had my walker with my big glasses i was committed to this role absolutely and my friend Amy, she was vacation grandma. You know, she had the Miller Lite <laughs> visor. She had the tracksuit like with the fanny pack. She was, like, ready to party grandma. Yeah. And, um, and then another one, she just had a really good accent. She was more of, like, a, um, a Martha Stewart, you know. She was Stop very it. prim and proper. <laughs> and she first started talking to me. I couldn't figure her out because she was, like, uh, your brooch. I just love your brooch, darling. The cat, it's going to be mine. It's going to be mine by the end of the night. And I was, oh, that kind of went a little English. Um, no, but it's good. It went Boston. But I was just like, wow, it's like, that's a great accent. And I was thinking to myself, and she kept it up all night. And then I was just like asking other people, I'm like, is she from Boston? Like, is that accent real? I can't tell. And my friend Amy was like, all right, let's go find out. And so we were like, is that your real accent? And she would not fucking break. Oh, I shouldn't send a draft bomb, but she would not well, break. Oh, character. we can. Good. Fuck. I didn't yeah, know. All we right, can. Fine. I didn't know what your rules were. 
Do you know how hard it is to talk and not we do don't, that? We don't work for the man. No. We don't work for the woman. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I've been editing myself this whole show. <laughs> don't censor yourself. Oh, fuck. Okay. So, anyway, we had the best time that night, and we realized that we could pretty much get away with anything mm-hmm. dressed as grannies. Everybody loved us from like the young college guys all the way to the oh, older yeah. men. Like people just needed comedy in their life, right? They just needed to smile. Like they'd see us and they'd start laughing and you know, we'd have to they were like, Can yeah. we get a photo with you? It was like we were like little celebrities but downtown. You know, let's talk about I mean, empty bottles has the right idea and you and me, like our stuff our hosting is taking off because people want an experience. They want to be taken care of, essentially. Like yeah. It's it's post COVID. We kind of gotta be babied about how we socialize, and that's okay. Like we kind of have to be reintroduced into society. And if if you gotta pay twenty to fifty bucks to be like, hey, I just want to like go out, have a good night, tip to tail, three hours, send me home, let me take a nappy, fine. People want to do that right now. That's the vibe. I yeah. love it. I appreciate it because I've always been a freaking awkward turtle. Like I love performing. I love chatting. Same. I love all these things. But, like, in a social setting, I can go slug. I can get very, like, nervous very fast. I found out, well, you know, like, COVID, you take all the personality tests, you figure it out. <laughs> Introverted, extrovert. And I was like, wow, that makes so much oh, sense. Oh, that might be me. I, I think, think I is. could be. Because while I am extroverted, I recharge by myself mm-hmm. or being alone. You know, it's so funny. My kids, like, I don't, I don't usually talk about them a lot, but they – They've got, I call them thing one and thing two when I do my shows, like, to keep the anonymity. But, like, they will just openly look at me and go, I need to recharge my social battery. I'm taking Sunday off. And I'm like, what? And then I realized, they got the good idea. I don't. Like, I mean, I never would have thought when I was younger to say no to friends, recharge my social battery, and not go out burnt out, and maybe have the interaction not go the way I would have liked, you know? Because when you're burnt out, you're not bringing your best self out there. You're kind of, yeah. That's why I stayed home last night on 420. I was like, I'm going to be right here on this chair. I am not moving. (laughs) I tell you, actually. How hard it is, like, host a 420 show on the radio and, like, every single interlude. I'm like, for legal purposes, this is a joke. Yeah. Like, just over and over again. Yeah, we're getting close. We were going to do this episode last night, and I just called, and I was like, I can't. I just can't. I appreciate it, though. Because I wouldn't have the same energy, I need to recharge, and, like, look. Look where we are. But I'm glad you call it. Like, yeah. I mean, because I never would have called it before, and now I'm learning to box things. I'm learning to, like, so when I do the radio stuff, I'm learning to, like, all right, the second I walk in the studio, that's my prep hour. Then I have my three live hours. Then I have my other hours where I record or I put together the other shows. And, honestly, when the clock strikes – at that minute I'm supposed to be done, I feel it. Like, mm-mm. I'm yeah, not good at adding more time to it. It takes a lot of energy. It does. It but does. We digress from grannies for a minute. Mm-hmm. Love to put something together with grannies. Um, even if we do pop-ups downtown, like if we just go out and hit the town for a night, or we do granny on the street interviews, um, we can be hecklers in the crowd at the comedy shows. I know. I pitched this to Dead Crow. We never, like, got to the actual meeting. We said he wanted us to come in and pitch it. Because um, we had our characters like fully like Sandy's the bingo champion, you know she like she holds that record. Um, let's see, she likes to play bridge. Uh, you know she had a little hip replacement surgery. Oh, I see this going beyond Dead Crow. I see this also at Dead Crow, but I see this also as like 
we need to head up hit up Brightmore and just hang out with these people oh, at the Bad Grannies. That's some R and D. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Can I'm we tell just you film right that? Now, my friend taught a stand up class out here, and there was a woman. Gosh, I, I'm trying to think of her name. I, it was something like Doris or Dorothea. Something, one yeah, of yeah, those. you gotta have a good name. Oh yeah, yeah, like like Golden Girls level name. Yeah, but. She was like, okay, when's our show? And he's like, oh, it's on this day at this time. Okay, because I need to reserve the bus. He's like, what bus? She's like, from my retirement villa, duh. Those women were the nastiest comedians he had ever taught in his entire career of like 30 years doing stand-up comedy. He's like, they don't care. They're all in their 80s. They have this attitude of like, their bag of fucks is empty. There's nothing left. Because he started the class like, okay, well, it might get a little naughty. And they just immediately launched into everything possible. And it was just like... This is what you need, though. And sure enough, they filled up Dead Crow. Her bus came. Bus full of people walking Love out. Love it. Perfect. Okay, so we're on to something there. And, I and think heavy drinkers, too? Like, what? <laughs> we could get some really good stuff, even just hanging out in the in the retirement home. Absolutely. I mean, and how much joy would we bring while we're there? See, because this is my, my other thing, too. I think comedy's for everybody. I don't think comedy's just for one type of person. And I also think comedy needs to be way more diverse than we're seeing right now for in, in all aspects. I think kids to older people, you know, I think everybody can enjoy comedy. I don't think it's just one person. So I'm super passionate about that, too. And a lot of the females in town, like literally last weekend, I was at a female stand up workshop and I was like, what even is this? Because I had just done like my five minute set and I was just trying it out. And then I get invited to Lisa Ramsey's house, or Juliet Ramsey, oops. Um, I get invited to her house, and we're literally sitting around a table. We've got chips and drinks, and we're going through our sets beat by beat and getting notes and getting, you know, basically just gassing each other up. And, like, they all have a show tonight. Like, everybody's got stuff going on. So I think there's something also to be said about doing comedy in your 30s versus doing it in your 20s because I think 20s are just terrible. <laughs> Like, we all need to go through them, but, like, Well, also, know, too, like, in your 20s, your confidence, is, you know, isn't where it is in your 30s. No, it's not. It's not. And then, you know, by the time that you're in your 70s, 80s, you're just out of fucks, and oh, I can't you can wait. do whatever I can't you want. And you're just... I remember being wide-eyed when I first turned 30, being like, and it's like, I don't care about anything anymore. My hairstylist was 50 at the time. She's like, oh, wait till you fucking turn 50. You're going to be dangerous. Like, it's going to be dangerous. And I'm like... I literally can't wait. Like, I'm so hyped. Yeah. But, I mean, I grew up with, like, you know, J-Lo was in the magazines and, like, you know, turning 40. And I'm like, oh, 40 is the hotness. 40 is the thing. I need to be, you know, like, so it's like I've always been excited to not be 20. I've always been excited to be like, oh, miss me with this. This is messy. Like, I want to do something else. You know, things aren't established. You don't know which way is up. And I think also in your 20s. Rightfully so, there's not that much of a sense of self, so you allow other people to tell you what you are and what you can be, and that's that's one thing I wish I could have told my younger self is that, like, even back in that agent's office that was like, no, you can't host yet, is to be like, no, you mean yet, not ever, but yet. Like, it's just not my time here. This is just not my thing, but it doesn't mean that it's forever off of the table just because one person told me. But I think in your 20s, you, you're more apt to believe it. Like, it's a thing that happens but i love granny night i think there's so many things that can be done with granny night yes but i also like that you're a doer like (laughs) because no like how many meetings have you had in this town or have we held in this where it's just like you guys (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. You're like pulling teeth. You're pulling teeth and you realize all that. I'm trying to help you. Whatever. Yeah. You're like, come on, y'all. I literally just. Yeah. So I actually, I remember our night out when we were doing our parents' night out proposal and then like COVID hit and whatever. I like though that we saved it. It germinated and then we were able to host. How long ago was that now? Just a couple months ago. It was just a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, second chance prom. Yeah. And we we already had the business. So plan. many compliments. Everything was already set. We made the event just <sighs> with having some personality in the room, helping with the fundraiser be bigger than it it would have been without us. I think. I think so. I think we earned at least a couple thousand just by our existence, and that and, and that's what I want to say is that it like because <laughs> now there's nobody here to argue with us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like. The reason you hire personalities is to bring relevance to the event that may not have reached otherwise. So you've got social media now, you've got all these things, and Wellington's just that, like, it's a quagmire for marketing because there's not just one main newspaper. I was just talking with a friend about that this morning. There's no one main community calendar. There's a bunch. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard to figure out. If I had all the money in the world, I'd advertise in radio. Both local news stations, I would do whatever podcast I saw going around, and I would pay socials in different places because I would want to hit every single age group possible. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed it's it's a matter of funding, but it's also a matter of just knowing where to go with things because it's not like, you know, it's not like bigger cities where you have just like one paper where you're like, okay, this is guaranteed to be seen. And also now there's streaming services. Now there's cable. Now there's a, so there's so many different ways that you can either be missed or seen. So that's like, yeah, which is a leveler for people like us, but it's also hard to prove. But I think second chance prom because I, I remember people were unsure of hiring us at first, and it was like, listen, you're gonna make more than you would have without hiring us. We will show you what our worth is. Right, and I feel like we achieved that for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, we paid for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was the hesitation on their part, just to be clear, was they wanted us I'm there. Yeah. Uh, but it was just like, oh, financially, that's, yeah. you know, a lot of money for us. But we made up for it. I think we, you know, definitely paid for our weight in gold. We got our weight in gold. And we also were, like, explaining to them, like, how, how it works. Because remember, they said, throw us your initial bid. And I was like, what we would normally charge? Because we can do that, but y'all aren't going to like it. And they're like, oh, no, yeah, do it, do it. And then it seemed to... And I was like, okay, this is a starting point. Now there's negotiation. So it's funny. You almost have to, like, um, educate, but then also be careful negotiating at the same time. So it gets scary. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we yeah. – um, it was a – you know, the school is a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And we ha- – you, you formerly have kids there. I have kids there still. Mm-hmm. So, you know, volunteer. I love to volunteer and give my time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just at a place now where my time is money. So I also – and, yeah. you know, my Rolodex, you know, I'm bringing exposure. I'm bringing a, a lot of things. And, and you equally, yeah. you know, we brought a lot to that event well, and, and any event. That's funny you say that, too, because I didn't used to be the Rolodex in town. I moved about 10 years ago and then fell into this radio job. So that's been really helpful. You didn't fall into this radio I, job. I you... did in the sense of the position opening up. Right. Well, yeah. I was going to say, you just yeah. happen to be at the right place at the right time kind of thing. Um, it was opportunity meets readiness for sure. Like there was finally a posting because I had done radio in Chicago like years ago and I had done it with man Cal Muller and he was the best teacher ever. But in those days, radio was super funded. So we had a DJ that was doing the music. We had somebody editing for us. I just needed to be there and talk. I had no 
concept of the technical aspect other than which headphones I liked wearing. <laughs> like, that was about it. And, like, maybe certain mics had to be talked into closer. That was about my knowledge. That was that was all of it. So when I moved here and wanted to get into radio, I realized, oh, they're all self-producing it. I can't do that. So I, there just never was the right time. And then finally this morning show opened up on Sunny 1037. W-I-L-T? Yeah, Wilt FM. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hold on, give us, the li- give us the the lingo or the logo. Yes, yeah, 7103.7, more music, more variety. So exciting. And it's like the perfect mashup of all the music that I like. Like, I literally look up now one through five, and I find songs, and I just randomly put them in on my morning show. And I get to have my own morning show. Like, what even is that? But they posted for a job, and my friend put me up for it last year. And she was like, no, seriously, they're looking for – a radio host because I told her that's what I really want to do. I had gotten turned down for a teaching position at that school. <laughs> it's okay, response right? Was, no, it we need a master's. And I was like, y'all said. I was like, y'all said master's preferred. They're like, mm, yeah, isn't like you need to have one. And I was like, oh, I don't have one, man. And then my she friend was like, this isn't even what you want to do. Yeah. And I was like, you are correct. This is not even. And I was like, I would love to just host. I'd love to do. This is my ideal. And there was a job posting that said, theater degree preferred, previous radio experience, you don't need to know how to operate a board, like, we'll teach you. And I was like, huh? So, like, when I applied, I literally said, I, I think you're waiting for me. Like, I know this sounds weird, but I think this is what's happening. And then we went in to interview probably months later. Like, I, I thought they had forgotten about me, and I was out to lunch literally complaining about it, going like, uh, yeah, and I applied for this, and I'm perfect. And, like, literally, I don't know who else like it, they're literally writing my life in this requirements for the job what's happening yeah. and that's when the email came through that was like come interview and that interview i i don't know what we talked about but we talked for like three hours and then i got the job i had no idea i was like really i remember coming home and my husband's like how was it i was like i either got it or i like really didn't get it he's like you spent a lot of time there i'm like i know again that's either really good or not good. Like, I either talk their ear off or, like, it, like I have no – I still have no meter of, like, how things went sometimes. You know, it could be hundreds well, of people Well, I think laughing. that's like, probably oh, from your from your acting because you can't set yourself up for a certain expectation no, because the highs would be so high and the lows would be so low. So it's almost like staying neutral is protects you best. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, you're just like, well, I didn't do too bad. I didn't do too great, probably. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Like, I just don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. Went, but it it worked out in the end. So, like, <clears> that's <throat> been so cool to have my own morning. And then have you on it was awesome to have you as a first guest. Like, full circle was like, yes! Because <laughs> I was like, we need to talk about people in town. We need to talk about... Yeah, well, that's what you're doing on Fridays, back. right? You have Friday interviews with local actors mm-hmm. um, or local film industry people. Oh, yeah. And I think that's beautiful, you know, bringing light to this town, which oh, yeah. has a lot of film going I on. I mean, and speaking of, because of Florida Man, there's there's been some coverage of it, and then I realized the women on Florida Man aren't being that covered. But it's so cool to be able to have an outlet and be like, I'm going to fix this. So I've got Jamie Pasquinelli. Her interview is going to air sometime in the next week or so on my show. But the cool thing about her is she was also second unit on Florida Man. She was the executive producer, writer, director, all of the things, man, the the Florida Man. She was Todd Banks' personal assistant on set. And then she also auditioned at the same time. And then she got a role on Florida Man. So, like, she got to do the whole from crew to actor, which is so rare. 
that she was even telling me about the process, that she would sit there in the casting room and watch the videos come through from casting, then go to the next level, then go to the next level. She was in the room for all those levels, got to see how difficult it is even just to get an audition in the first place. And then to get up to the level of being cast was huge. So it's so awesome to be able to highlight her. And there's also Rebecca Blum and Jane McNeil. So they're, these are all women that are in Florida Man, which is doing so well on Netflix, and they have speaking roles. Like it's, you will recognize them, and they're all from here, which is like, how does that even happen? This would not happen if we were in L.A., I swear, or well, New York. We have a small community, <clears throat> and that's what I love about mm-hmm. this town, too, is, like, our film community is, like, family. Huge. It's small enough, and we, in nuclear, and we know each other. Jamie Pasquinelli is the only one in that group that I recognize, and I worked with her, I want to say, on Hightown. Yep. Um, she's she probably, literally, if she's probably like yelling in my ear right now. Years, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. But she's another one who, like... It didn't matter what it was. She was just trying to get in there. And I think that's, you know, to bring our, our podcast yeah. uh, full circle is, like, she no ma- she did whatever it took, you know, to get there. And I think when you take those roles, right, I'll, yeah. albeit super small, um, it, it might seem pointless to you yeah. at the time. Like, she started to get to see the behind the scenes. She got experience. You can see what stand-ins exactly. are like. You can still see what act- lead acting is, like, supporting. And Girl, there's something to be said for surrounding yourself with the people you want to be around. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're necessarily doing what it is that you want to do, but you're being surrounded by it, and you're going to learn. You're just going to, even if you're not actively learning. Right. Just the, the fact of being around all of them. Yeah. And I think we can apply this to anything in your life. So if you're listening and you're just not identifying with acting mm-hmm. um, or you're watching, um, you can apply this to anything in life, right? It's just follow your dreams. And yeah. what are you doing to get closer to your dream? That's I literally had to start, and I'm not good at it, right? Okay, so I definitely have ADHD, for sure. <laughs> like, surprise. But, like, what I learned to do, because somebody, Richard Watson, who's an actor, and he's been in everything. He was a professional Broadway actor for years, and now he's doing all sorts of film and stuff. He gave me his Google spreadsheet. And on this spreadsheet, it was, like, month by month, year by year, what he booked, what he auditioned for, who the casting director was, was he able to keep in touch with them? How does so this whole follow through thing? And then there was a notation of what have I done to further my career this month, or even this week, or even this day, and to be able to just kind of and do that because you get months that go by, years that go by without a job, months that go by without an audition. Like it was slow out here from December through about February. Very, very slow, not a lot of things happening. There's a pending writer's strike. The um, streaming services outpoured post COVID and they still have a backlog because there's just a lot of things that were made. Like, I mean, obviously Florida Man was filmed in 2021, didn't come out till just now. There's a lot of things that'll slow leak. So you don't know what's gonna be slow, what's gonna not. So you have to do something even just for your mental health, (laughs) for your sanity to go, I did do something to further myself this month. You know, yeah, and so I think that's the takeaway. I, at least I want to leave yeah. our listeners with, and you know, it's like, what are you doing to get closer to that thing you really, really want? Yep. You know, and don't ever give up on it. Also, nobody says no to free work. Seriously, if there is something you want to do, and it is a big deal to you, and you would do it for free, I'm not saying do it for free the whole time, but that's how I broke in. 
I went to a casting office and I applied for a casting internship that did not pay anything, but it was because I wanted to work in commercials as an actor. I wanted to supplement my theater habit. I wanted to figure it out. So I worked for that casting agency for free for months because, listen, I was unemployed anyway. Let's make the best of it. Nobody turns away free work. You know, right. you just go in, let me sweep the place for you. Let me help you pass out flyers. Let me help you do this. Or if you're doing a fundraiser, let me volunteer. Get in on the ground level because that's the best way to meet people. Is And in film, too, the best way to get in is just to be there. And it's really hard to get there. I completely understand. But even with you, you've done so much background work that you've been promoted to featured now and you don't even have to submit anymore. Yeah, and then choreographer. You just get emails. Yeah. Yeah, now I just get emails. It's I just got like, one last week about standing in on this new project. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Because they're now like, oh, she's local. She's reliable. That's really what it comes down to because especially when it comes to film and TV, there's so much money in every minute. You cannot afford to risk or be burnt by somebody that shows up late or unprepared. That's just the bottom line. So you're, you know, if you're brand new into the business, that's really what it is. It's not that they don't want new people. It's not that there's anything necessarily emotional or, like, mental happening here. There's no, like, strategy to, like, keep people out. It's just we need to rely on you. We need the kind of stamp of approval, even as background, even at that level. So to get that stamp, you just got to be there. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and start. be willing to start at any level. <laughs> oh, and, and speaking of starting, I think the, a big part of it, too, is that I waited – well, it felt like I had waited so long to do certain things because I felt like I had to be ready. And there, there is no ready. There's no such thing. You just have to do the thing, you know? But I think you're a big example of that, too, though, because, like, you've always been like, I think I want to try this, and then, like, would do it. And it's like, really? It's like, oh, wait, I can do that, too. Like, we can all do that. <laughs> we can all do that. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'm hoping to do. You know, I just want to inspire at least just one person. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you love. Please, Yes. All right, so where can everybody find you? Okay, so Instagram is the easiest, at Amanda E. Goodyear. You'll see, it's me with red hair. It's obvious. Yeah, well, and we'll, we'll put everything in the show notes, too, so mm-hmm. just click the link. Absolutely. Can't make it any That's easier. That's the easiest place to find me. You can find me on Facebook, too, at Amanda Goodyear. I'm posing with a pig. I love pigs. I don't know. They're cute. I have one as a pet, but I really want to. Yeah. I don't know about a pet, but they're cute. I don't want to manifest it, but, like, I'm just saying, like, it's a good fantasy, so... Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. You could go down to Costa Rica, and there's a restaurant that has a pig, and you can swim with the pig. But mm-hmm. the pig doesn't really swim with you. You know, it kind of does its own thing. That's fine. But, yeah. Um, you know, you're on Sunny 103.7, mm-hmm. so yep. stream that, I'm sure. Absolutely. So you can find Sunny 103.7 on the Sunrise Radio app. I'm also Modern Rock Afternoons. It's so much fun. I get to work out so much stress because it's rock and roll radio. Love it. So I was like, hey, this is Amanda. You know, like I get to be Little Miss Attitude-y. That's afternoons from 2 to 7 p.m., and that is WRMR 98.7. That's also on the Sunrise Radio app, so you can stream that anywhere in the world. Yep. Yeah, you can have Amanda. It's uh, a big party all day. <laughs> Amanda in your ear. Uh, and then the Daredevil improv comedy. Yes. You've got some sh- actually, you've got a rehearsal coming up, and you've got some shows. So. I do, yeah. So the ladies, Black Market Baloney, we rehearse every other Monday, and then we have shows every other Wednesday. We actually have shows every Wednesday, though. It's just Black Market Baloney in particular has a performance night on a Wednesday, and the nights that we're not performing, we have a jam. So the jam is where you need to come over, lady, because the jam is after the show, where there's a short-form team, two long-form teams. We have a little intermission. Then anybody can join in the jam. Fun. And it's anywhere from like 15 minutes to half an hour. 
bunch of games. We're really nice to newbies. We always, we never will leave you on stage by yourself. And just doing fun group games, getting you involved in scenes, anything you can imagine. But it's a great way to get people up. That's how I started in comedy was I, there was a, a jam and there was a tag out and I was on this terrible date and I was like, well, up there is better than down here. So I went up there and that's what started my whole comedy career. So I'm all about the jams. But yes, the jams are every Wednesday night as well. And that's at Dead Crow Comedy Room. Show starts at eight. Yeah, that's a great time. And it's been getting busier and busier every week. And I think that's. That's to the quality and the caliber of the people there and how hard they work. Everybody's working so hard, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. well, if you haven't been to Daredevil, I mean, let's just say Daredevil again, Dead Crow, yeah. another D. Uh, they do have food trucks now, so you can yes. get food there. You could at the old place, too, but now it's just More like, space. More space. A lot easier, yeah. Um, they've got a nice waiting room bar area. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've got to check out a show there coming up. I know MT, uh, he performs there a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. Amanda, she's a good reason to go. Oh, um, yeah. So definitely check that out. And, you know, we always leave everybody with your best advice for listeners. So oh, my gosh. Best advice? Your best advice for listeners. What would you tell? Huh? What would you tell somebody right now? Like, oh, heck, or you could just say, what would you tell your 20-year-old Amanda? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's what I said before. You are never ready. Just do it. You're never going to be as ready as you feel you need to be. Just go do it. And honestly, side note on that. If you're really unsure, go find somebody that's at the top of their field and watch an interview. You will never feel unsure again when you watch those people. <laughs> like, literally, it'll get rid of your imposter syndrome right quick because you're going to realize, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting too much into this. I need to just enjoy myself and go do the thing. Sign up for it. Take a friend with you. Get an accountability buddy. Whatever needs to be done, but just do the thing because you're going to realize you're way more ready than you think. But also, like, if everybody waited, nobody would be doing anything. That's right. Yeah. And remember, if you if you do what you love, it's not work. No, exactly. Have a day in your life. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda, for oh my gosh, dropping all this knowledge and experience. Me. And uh, please, go, if you haven't already, go watch Florida Man. Uh, give mm-hmm. the show some support. Support local film yes. in Wilmington. Support Absolutely. local comedy in yes. Wilmington. And um, we'll see you soon on another episode. If you liked this episode, what would really help us is yes. if you share this episode with your friends. Please, please, please. Tell the world yep. about it. Put a, Make a story, you know? Yes, it benefits everyone. Seriously. Yeah, Seriously. we would love that. All right, we'll see you next time on the Hourglass Podcast. Take care.